Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. There are many stories that I can tell about Pastor Dave and Sister Ann, um, but the two that I will share briefly right now. Um, one, I met Pastor Dave while I was working at Bluebird, and he preached a sermon there. And uh, his sermon was actually on marriage. It came from Genesis, and he removed the rib from Adam to give Eve. You didn't think I remembered, did you? Um, but we had lunch afterwards, and I was blessed with that. But what most people don't know is that Pastor Dave met with me several other times, and I would bring a list of questions that I would have. And he patiently answered each one by one from this arrogant soul that you see standing before you. And the second story was uh, going to his home uh, and he and Sister Ann sitting in their kitchen and I revealed that God had called me to the ministry. And I was nervous. But Sister Ann and and Pastor Dave looked at me nonchalantly and said, we knew, we're just waiting for you to come tell us. But I can't express my love in words because my vocabulary isn't large enough. But all I have to say is I love you. Family, if we look at Luke 17, 11 through 19, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into the village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go. Show yourself to the priests. And they went and they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet. And this is the verse that we want to use as a point of emphasis. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. As I was preparing for the sermon, I was, Pastor Dave called me a while ago, and I immediately started to get anxious. But the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. And I went to sleep thinking about what am I going to talk about and how am I going to express this. And as I went to sleep, the Holy Spirit spoke to me while I was sleeping, and he said, Gus, tell me about your day. I said, my day? Yes. He said, well, I woke up. I got dressed. I kissed Miss B uh, before I went to work. I took Peyton to school. 
I drove to work. I had several meetings. I laughed with several friends. After work, I picked Peyton up. And as I do traditionally, when I'm going back home, I call my father every day. And by the way, he'll be 90 years old in May. Still driving. And he'll drive you crazy if you give him a chance. And he said to say hello, by the way. I checked on my sister who lost her husband last year in January just to make sure that she was good. I returned home. I greeted Miss B with a, another kiss. We ate dinner. I showered. And I went to bed. However, the Holy Spirit said, is that all? I said, well, yes, that's all I can recollect that I did for that day. Then he asked me a question that really woke me up straight out of my bed. And he said, Gus, what would happen if you woke up this morning and the only things that you gave thanks for were the things that you had? Messed me up. He went on to say, would you even have clothes to wear? Would your children be in good health? Would that nagging spouse be there? Not talking about something. Would you make it to your destination safely? Would you have a job to go to and even a boss that would pick on you every day, countlessly? Would you have friends to laugh with? Would you have a home to go to? Would you have food to eat? Would there be water for you to even bathe? I started to get really confounded and, and I started to feel bad, but then what made me feel even worse, he asked the question, would you have even gotten up this morning? My question to you this morning is, what have you thanked God for? The many blessings, large and small, what have we truly thanked God for? Even the things that we take for granted, cranking your car up and it moving. Being able to wake up in your right mind. Being able to have your family and the family chain not be broken. What have you thanked God for even this morning? Did you get up begrudgingly thinking, oh, I've got to go to church so I can check it off the box and say, this is where I was? Or did you genuinely look at God and say, Lord, thank you? If you were married, did you genuinely look at your spouse and say, Lord, I, I thank you for the blessing that you have given me? But family, I, I really have to tell you that the Holy Spirit was talking to me about ministry because he said, you know what, guys, in ministry, at times can be a thankless calling. Notice I said 
calling and not a job. Because when you are a called minister, you don't fill out a job application. You don't interview. And no one decides other than God if you will be accepted here. This is a calling. And it's hard. And at times, it can be thankless. The physician Luke writes about a moment in Jesus' ministry. The record states that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, minding his own business. He probably had things to think about what he was going to do when he got there, and he probably had plans and how he was going to carry it about. But as he was coming into town, before he could even find a place to rest, Ten men called out. And he had to stop. Family, pastors have planned trips in advance, commitments to family outings, other personal obligations. However, there are things that we don't understand behind the scenes that they have to place on hold in order to do God's work. There are things that they do behind the scenes that we don't even know that they're doing. The countless hours that it takes to prepare sermons that we don't come to church to listen to. The countless hours that it takes to prepare for Bible study that once again, we don't attend. Calls in the middle of the night because someone has passed and they have to get up to go and greet the family. Visits to the hospital to visit the sick. Calls that they have to go to the jail because of one of the members unfortunate accident or unfortunate being calls him to be there. Calls about children that instead of turning left, they went right. Calls about couples that are no longer getting together that now he has to counsel. He can't stop. But family, it does not just affect the pastor, it affects his whole household. This affects his wife and his children as well because what was once planned has now have to be placed on pause to move forward because God's work must be completed. Jesus was on his way. But ten men stopped him. Please take note that there were ten. The Holy Record does not tell us if they were short or tall, if they were from the north side of Macon or from the south side. Didn't tell us if they were Republicans or Democrats or how long they had been sick. But these ten men were in the same boat at the same time. 
However, the record does let us know this one important fact. That all ten were on one accord. Notice that all ten called to Jesus and said, Master, have pity on us. Imagine what it would look like if Christians and husbands and wives and governments would all be on one accord. Then there would be a healing that could take place. There were ten men, all on one accord, yelled out to Jesus, the Son of God, and he heard their cry. By law, the priest was the only one that could certify that they were clean. So he said, go and show yourself to the priest. One of the ten came back. My math says that's 10%. Isn't it a shame that so few come back to say thank you? But you've helped 100% but only 10% will come back to say thank you. Webster defines thank you as a polite express to show one's gratitude or gratefulness. But the question is, why should we say thank you? Well, because I'm Baptist, I'm going to give you a point. Point one Saying thank you acknowledges our relationship with God. Psalms 118, 28 through 29, you are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. The psalmist reminds us that thanking God, you will want to give him praise. The relationship is built on what you allow yourself to remember what God has done for you in the past. Do you remember the report that the doctor gave you and he said it was cancer? And now they can't find it. Do you remember when the spouse walked out and you thought that your entire world was going to come to an end? Yet, here you stand. Remember that bill that was coming due and you didn't know how it was going to be paid? But somehow the money got there and it was paid. Remember when that job let you go and you didn't know what, where, why, or how? But miraculously, you end up in a much better situation. Remember that loved one that passed away and your eyes were filled with tears and you thought that your heart was going to stop? But you're right here. But now you can stand and shout and give thanks to our Lord because he is good. Understand that by saying thank you in the toughest of times confuses the enemy. And they are unaware of why and how you praise for everything. But when the relationship is fractured and we forget what God has done for us, we start to think that we're better than what we are. There was a little boy who 
approached his mom and gave his mother a bill. And the mother looked at the bill and and the bill said, for mowing the yard, one dollar. For cleaning my room, one dollar. For hanging up my clothes, one dollar. And for washing the dishes, one dollar. The bill that totaled up to four dollars and he handed it to his mom. And at the bottom it says, pay up. (laughs) The mother took the bill, sat down and wrote down. And she gave him her bill. For carrying you nine months. No charge. Staying up with you half the night when you were sick. No charge. Entertaining your friends without you telling me that they were coming over first. No charge. Working overtime to pay for those special tennis shoes that you just have to have. No charge. Saying thank you acknowledges our relationship with God. But you see, the young boy, like many of us, have forgotten about the relationship that God has placed with us or that we should have with God. Saying thank you acknowledges our relationship with God. Point two. Family, saying thank you sometimes releases your breakthrough. Saying thank you sometimes may release your breakthrough. Sometimes a simple thank you is all that it takes for the blessings of God to overflow. James 1 reminds us to count it all joy when we face trials of many kinds because trials builds perseverance and perseverance builds character. So therefore we must finish and complete good works. Just say thank you. We may not understand all the nuts and bolts or why these events are happening, but we have to know that God has a plan for us. I understand that we have a sister in the congregation right now that is battling with cancer. And I know that her mind may be complex, perplexed, and worried and things are going out of control and what ifs and what nots and at night you're restless and the doctor visits are becoming a nuisance but I'm here to tell you that cancer is not too hard for God. I'm here to tell you that I know a man sitting in the room that has faced it four times and is still here. But why? Because it is an example of what God can do. And that wasn't in my notes, but we'll get back. There are many times when we are pulled out to be picked on. Because, sister, God has more confidence in you than you may have in yourself. Have you been lied on and hurt? Cheated for no reason? 
This builds not only relationship with Christ, but however, those dark moments of not understanding is when God can have your attention. Lord, I know that you have a plan for me, a plan for good and not for evil, a plan to build me up and not to break me down, a plan for your kingdom, and I trust you. I thank you for for choosing me for this moment in time. Because, Lord, I know that you can bring me out of it. There was a, a young musician who became a pastor and sang with a, a really famous group. And during this time, the group broke up and he went out and he was a solo artist and he started doing well. And he made six albums and when he got to the seventh album, his wife, his lovely wife that he met who was his best friend, they had three children together. They loved and adored one another. But this particular album he was struggling with. And he said, I really don't know if I need to put this song on the album. But his wife, who was diagnosed with colon cancer, was almost in the final stages and said, this is the song that you need to put on the album. And he did. The song touched her heart, but through the pain of singing and writing the song that he still performs to this day, the lyrics simply say, I never would have made it. I never could have made it without you. I would have lost it all. But now and I see that you were there for me. His wife passed in 2010. And in the same year, Pastor Marvin Sapp released yet another song. And his wife was the one who pushed him to put it on the album. And the song was, he saw the best in me. Well, he continues to inspire us. A song that he wrote, my testimony, in spite of calamity, he still has a plan for me. Sometimes we have to say thank you because it releases a blessing. And sometimes we have to believe and understand that even though we are attacked, we are saying thank you, not just for us, but for the other people that will be blessed for the events that are occurring to us. You see, there were ten men that called out to Jesus. You see, saying thank you acknowledges our relationship with God, and saying thank you may release your breakthrough. But I'm going to tell you why I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you because I'm one of the least of these. Scripture tells you Jesus was teaching what you do to the least of these. You have also done unto me. 
But you have to understand that in saying thank you and being one of the least, it unleashes God's grace. God's grace is unmerited favor. It can't be bought. It can't be earned. It must be given by God and only through relationship. As a little boy growing up in Roundo, South Carolina, I remember the deacons getting on their knees, Dad, and they would pray a prayer that would be that would sound like this. Lord, I come to you this morning, and before we go any further, I just want to say thank you. I thank you for my laying down last night that was not in death. Thank you for my early rising this morning that was not in judgment. See, the key to unlock the door of God's grace is just to say thank you. There were ten men, but God only saw one that came back. And he was a Samaritan. What is important and why did they say that he was a Samaritan? In some versions of your Bible, you will hear that he was a foreigner. Well, being a foreigner is not, in this text, was not that he was from a different country. He was not of a different origin of birth. He was of mixed race. And during that time, if you were not pure Jewish, you were thought of as being Less than. He was the least. But the least was the one that came back to say thank you. Lord, my prayer is that I will be considered to be one of the least. Because I want to be able to come back to say thank you for all of the blessings that you have given me. For all the opportunities that you have allowed me to show. Father, thank you for allowing the enemy to try to shake my faith so that he can see that he can't win. Father, I thank you right now that you are my God and that you will never leave me or forsake me. Father, I thank you, and you got to listen, thank you for allowing no weapons forged against me that will prosper. But you know I had to go back and read that scripture because if you read what's under it, He said that your enemies will be silenced in front of you. Lord, I thank you for the silence. But can you imagine that ten men who were on one accord, who had just received the same blessing, and now they're separated. Isn't it amazing that after God blesses you, You forget who blessed you? Isn't it a sad commentary that when God blesses us and pays that bill and heals our body, that we forget what God has already done? It makes you wonder why God would even heal us and bless us in the first place if we're going to continue to forget. Why would a pastor continue to come every Sunday after Sunday after Sunday when we never say thank you? When the pews are empty and the sacrifices are made. The least 
The Samaritan was the least. The unforgotten. I mean the forgotten. The downtrodden. The stepped over. How many of us feel that God has forgotten us while we're in our trials? Where we can't be pulled out. And you're saying, God, say thank you. But what happens if I have lost my job? And I'm looking and looking, but it's not there to be found. What do you, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do when I'm struggling to pay my bills? You want me to say thank you? You want me to continue to say thank you when I feel that my relationship with God is so fractured that he no longer cares for me? That I am no longer of value? Let me tell you this. I was leaving work one day. And a group of people were ahead of me and I was walking out by myself, not doing anything, just walking out. And I looked down and I saw this penny on the ground. And I picked it up, not because I'm cheap, but I picked it up and when I got to the car, I just sat there and I looked at this penny. It's a penny. But all of a sudden, another conversation ensued with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit said, Gus, this is how some of my people feel. Stepped over. Forgotten. Devalued. Do you know that there's legislation in Congress right now that even wants to get rid of the penny? Guess they want to get rid of you. But the one thing that you have to know is that you still have value. God is saying that you still have value. No matter what is going on in your life, you still have value. This penny still has value. Songwriter says, you thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for. So God sent his son down to die for our sins. You sacrificed your life. So I can be free. And I can be whole. And I can tell everyone I know that God thought I, Gus, was worth saving. A dirty, filthy rag. You thought I was worth saving. You healed ten men. One came back to say thank you. But Lord, you said I was the one that was worth saving. And I thank you for that. Lord, let me never forget your mercies. Never let me forget your benefits. Never let me forget how you have blessed 
our household. Even when I fail to say thank you, Lord, forgive me. When I have taken you for granted, Lord, forgive me. Lord, thank you for being there when I wasn't even there for myself. Thank you for me for not allowing me to take my wife for granted. Even though there are times when I do. Lord, thank you for allowing me to have worth. Even when I don't feel that I am worthy. Lord, we thank you. But at this time, if you are one that feels that you're not worthy, please stand to your feet. If you feel that there are times in your life that God has forgotten you, allow me to be that reminder to tell you that he has not forgotten you. And that there is an opportunity for you to be connected if you're not. And if you need to be reconnected, that opportunity lies right now. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.